0: Life does not always go as planned. You may be on plan B, C, D, E, F, or G, and that's okay. Life can be beautiful and messy. It doesn't have to be perfect. After crying on my kitchen floor for nearly two years, when my first husband left, I found my plan B and a depth of resilience I didn't even know I had. I'm Beth Mott Pass, life coach, Have you ever needed to really reinvent yourself? I redesigned my life by allowing my feelings, forgiving and accepting myself in the new reality, really surrendering, plus connecting with others. We don't have to do it alone. Reframing our negative thoughts and emotions and by not looking too far down the road. Now I have an incurable joy and zest for life. My favorite hashtag is what if it's better? <laughs> if you're looking for motivation and inspiration with other resilient, fun, successful midlife women, keep listening to the Pain to Power podcast. You'll meet amazing women who dropped being the victim and found victory. Listen in to create a spark in you to navigate this wild ride called life that comes with living full out.
1: Hello, hello, Pain to Power podcast. I am so excited to spend some quality time hearing from a woman who I admire, Connie Zeller, Connie, welcome and will you share with everyone
2: who you are? Yes. Thank you, Beth. I so appreciate you inviting me today and I'm Connie Zeller. I own Salty Bee Events in Salt Lake City, Utah. And I am I have been an unexpected entrepreneur for almost 4 years and or for maybe a little over 4 years now. And we'll get into that in a little bit, but you know, sometimes you just have to figure things out. And I'm also the managing director for the Salt Lake City chapter of E-Women Network. And I also help with other fundraising and philanthropic things throughout the Salt Lake Valley.
1: I think your personality, Connie, is so welcoming and so like lets everybody take down the walls and That is your magic. Like that is who you are in the world. And that's what drew me to you when we were in eWomen Network together. So I'm excited that you said yes. And every woman, every person, every human has some kind of pain that times we can get paralyzed by it. The pain will stop any good that, you know, that's going to happen And that's not the case with you. And it's not the case of the women I like to shine a light on because in a way we have learned how to stand up on that pain and how to get help us get to the next place we want in life. So share with me what pain are we talking about today? Because unfortunately you and I both have a catalog of pains we could talk about probably, (laughs) but which one do we want to focus on today?
2: Yeah, you're right. There is, there is, catalog you can flip through and it goes and goes and goes and goes but since this is not a therapy session this is a <laughs> this is an <laughs> empowerment session i am actually going to talk about the the mass shooting in las vegas and you know we recently are getting close october 1st is going to be this the fifth anniversary sixth anniversary of that wow. mass shooting yeah and outrageous that it was I mean again we never expect, we never plan for these things. And I was doing corporate events at the time. Our flagship event was in Las Vegas and we were ready. We were at the Tropicana Hotel. You well, were there. The, we were there. The shooting was in the parking lot next door to the Tropicana. The shooter was across the street at Mandalay Bay. And So when people were being shot at, they ran into the Tropicana for for protection. And, you know, who can blame that? But it was the closest building. But I'm going to back up a little bit to what was so strange about all of it is, you know, this was our, our flagship event. For this event, for our company, we had 300 attendees. We had, you know, between staff and speakers, We were closer to 325, including the team and the speakers. And with that, we always expected we were going to make a fair amount of money. We had, you know, sales and bookstores and, you know, everything going on and offers and our software. And so this was huge. This was our biggest event for the division that I worked in. And um, the night of the day before or the day, we had got everything set up. And there's nothing better than being prepared for an event before the event. <laughs> right. You could actually then enjoy it. You know, Exactly. We were set up in the afternoon. As a team, we went to dinner. We were thrilled. It's just like, we will get up in the morning. We don't have to set tables. We don't have to, you know, we don't have to put pens with the notepads. Everything's ready to go. And I always, the first night I'm in a different town, I really do have trouble sleeping. So I try to go to bed as early as I can. And that night was no different. And at some point, I woke up and I thought, we had been warned the concert was going. So, wear your earplugs. There's nothing we can do. Sorry, we'll shut down at 10 o'clock. Well, I woke up on my own before that and I didn't hear the concert. I thought, well, that's kind of weird. And I thought, well, maybe there's rain or maybe they had to shut it down. I went back to sleep. I woke up at about two in the morning. And I noticed that the strip was still very, there was a lot of police sirens and, you know, more than it's more than a normal night in Las Vegas. And I've been to Las Vegas many times. So I knew this was more than usual. I looked out. I had a prime view of the strip and it was dark. And I was like, what is going on? I opened my laptop. I started seeing messages coming through. Are you guys okay? Are you safe? And I still didn't know what was going on. I clicked onto CNN, and then I saw, and I thought, well, no wonder it's quiet. No wonder. So then, of course, I think I don't. I don't know what to do next. I have no idea. I wouldn't have either. Exactly. Exactly. And my my event manager at the time, she was a rock. I mean, I loved having her on my team. She was solid. She called me around five in the morning, and she said our room is destroyed. I don't know what to do. And I said, getting dressed, I will be right down. Just got out of the shower. In between that, I'm answering emails. And I'm saying, I don't know what we're going to do. Stay safe. Stay in your room. I'm communicating with our corporate office in you know, back east on the Eastern time zone. Same thing. What's going on? Is everybody safe? I don't know. I start sending out texts to the team to see Where are you? And some of the team members weren't coming in until a little bit later anyway. So I knew some were on their flights. Some were in transit. But the ones who were on site, some of them got in really late at night. Did they make it to the hotel safely? Because things were so shut down. Started texting, finding out what was going on. And the whole time, I was very calm in that I knew
1: that's I what had. I just <laughs> wrote on my paper. I'm like, she is calm under fire. Like that is yeah. actually a leadership quality about you oh. that I didn't know. But I, like, as you're describing this, you're like, I'll get, I got out of the shower. I responded. I'll be right down. No yeah. screaming, crying. Maybe you'll get to that part. But so far, calm.
2: Yeah. Screaming, crying didn't really happen for a while, but, but yeah, the calm and my concern about, you know, I'm responsible for over 300 people. Are they okay? Did they go to the concert? I mean, if I were an attendee and that concert was going on and I'd be thinking, yay, for me, I get to go in on this great concert and then go to a conference. I would, I could easily have been there myself. So you never, you know, and I kept thinking who's there is everybody safe. So then we get to the we get to the ballroom where our room was set up and it was mayhem. I mean as we're walking through from the elevator to the rooms into the into the ballroom, you know, tables are tipped over. Tablecloths have been used as blankets. Trash everywhere, bottles of water, people just, you know, trying to comfort themselves. Yeah. We went into our office and That was even more mayhem. When we walked in, there were chairs against doors so that people couldn't get in. There were people who had cut cords to our printer to tie the to tie the doorknobs again. So people could because they didn't know they didn't know if somebody was coming in. They had and they were just in a place where they were trying to protect themselves. So much, so much fear, fear, absolute fear. And I can't imagine that fear. I mean, I can't imagine they did in that moment. So, you know, my manager and I looked at it and we're just like, okay, we're obviously not going to be doing anything this morning, but I don't know what we do. Luckily, my vice president said, you're not having the conference today. And it was the pre-con. So it was... Our full, you know, there were still maybe 100 people out of the 300 that weren't there yet. Everybody did not sign up for pre-con. But when she said, you're not going to have it, that was great. I could have a different mindset. Okay, now we're taking care of what needs to happen today. And tomorrow we'll figure out what's happening tomorrow. In the meantime, I could find out where, what was going on with my team. I could find out if everybody was safe, who wasn't. There was a member of my team who got caught in that craziness. She was over at MGM. And when people were running to different casinos, she got caught in all of that. And she couldn't get back to the hotel and was luckily she had her sister with her. But she was very traumatized because she didn't know what was going on. And she was thinking, my kids and my husband don't know what's going on. Yes, and with my sister, but I don't know what's going on very traumatic for her. I mean, I know that she she was just going out to check out MGM for a couple hours before she went to bed to get ready for the conference. So from all of that, I knew whatever crazy thing happens, we can figure it out. And I was fortunate that there were mental health providers who were attending the conference that offered their services to people who needed them. We were able to with the hotel. Yeah. And the hotel said, you know, here's here's the list of your attendees and their rooms. And we started calling all of the rooms, even if we just left a message. And we started calling all of their cell numbers or their emergency contact information to check on them or to let them know we were canceling the conference, the pre-con. We would be having it the next day, but we'd give additional information. And out of all of those people, the team was reaching out. There were only two people we couldn't reach. But we left messages and we never really used to check on them and they were fine. (laughs) I think they just needed maybe a little downtime and they didn't really want to process what was going on. And that's okay. But we were concerned because we knew to a certain degree we had to be responsible for them. And, you know, and that was my event. I sent in security. They said, well, what? Yeah. Well, I was just going to
1: underscore a couple of things that you shared that I don't want anybody to miss is when your manager made the decision, we're not having the conference today, then you were, you were able to shift into another mindset, which I always feel is like, instead of staying in a place that's not working, someone made a decision. It's usually action that creates then allows for a new way of being. So I wanted to underscore that. and. I also hear people before things. you know, like you got your list of people. And once you were able to find out that most people were okay, you got all of them but two that really allowed you to shift yourself. And that's what I hear throughout your entire story is you're shifting from confusion and chaos to seeking information. And staying calm, which I always underscore, like the ways of being right, because we can get wrapped up, we can get so wrapped up in the hysteria, the drama, and then actually be causing more harm than good. So uh, thank you
2: so much for this yes. story. So far. No, yeah. And so that really was interesting. And then the next day, we had to decide, are we going back to our regular conference for the next day? and met with the team. And I said, I kind of feel like I know this was completely unusual. I feel like we still need to have this. People have flown in. If somebody says they cannot, they can't stay, we will absolutely, let's work it out with them. But those who say, I'm here, I still need to learn. I, you know, yeah, this is unfortunate. Let's still give them that conference that they were expecting. And that was one of the highest rated conferences we'd ever had because people replied saying, I felt protected, I felt that you guys understood. I had one colleague who couldn't stay, but I wanted to stay. And there was understanding and acceptance for the one who needed to leave versus the ones who stayed. And so it really was overall the best reviewed conference. (laughs) Now, it was not the highest sales conference we ever had. And it wasn't the highest, you know, we'd always make an offer of next year, we're going to have this conference again, sign up, you're going to, we didn't have a lot of that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So the revenue was, was not as high, but the attendee engagement was the highest it had ever been.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, that does not surprise me because when people are kind of stripped away of the normal, the usual, the automation of a conference, and they are raw and real, and even in, you know, possibly crying and, you know, then they can, they can realize, wow, so much understanding and that protection people talk about. Yeah, it kind of got down to the real deal. Yeah. 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 It was, it was interesting. So where did you go from? So you had the conference, you got the good reviews. What did all of this teach you? Like, where are, I mean, there's so many beautiful lessons. I want to hear yours.
2: Well, you know, mine was, it doesn't matter what's happening. If I can be calm and in control, then other things are going to be okay. You know, the world is going to end But if it is, I'll probably go out calmly. I won't be the one screaming. You know, I always laugh. I tend to sit on when when I can. I sit in the emergency row of the airplane and they always say, can you handle this? And I'm like, I know I can. I hope the people next to me don't panic and scream, but I know I've got this. Right. And and
1: again, it's funny that you say the airplane analogy because when you said, if I can be calm, I know that we're going to get through this. I immediately thought you put your oxygen mask on first. You were like, okay, I'm going to calm my jets down here and then I'm going to serve. I'm going to meet you in the ballroom and I'm going to figure, we're going to figure this out. And I think that's a, a big point of, you know, just put our own, get ourselves under control and then be able to serve.
2: Yes. Yes. So yeah, that, I mean, after that, there was, you know, there was some cleanup and everything afterward. But within a year of that conference, the company that I worked for had a reduction in force and they closed the Salt Lake City office. So even though there was great reviews about, you felt taken care of and, you know, venture capitalists are going to venture capital, (laughs) Yeah, they're going to do what they do. And the Salt Lake office was a small producing group for this company. And they didn't see the value in it. And it was very easy to close that office. So I was let go. Wow.
1: Boy, stand in the fire, literally, and then be let go. Again, another pain. So where did that go? I mean, it Sounds like you, you're understanding that they're going to do what they're going to do. You're not in blame victim mode here. And then what did that lead to? Because I feel like life is like a bunch of breadcrumbs. Like we're just following the journey and you're leading,
2: you're driving where you want to go. So what happened to you next? So, well, next I have a husband who is very risk averse <laughs> yeah, and said, you need to have a job. And I kept applying for different jobs, different companies, different positions. And over and over and over again, they said, oh, you have so much experience. We're so excited to have you. And we pay you $15 an hour. Wow, you're getting a lot of experience for no money. This is amazing for you guys. And I really went through that process. And then it just kind of hit me. I thought, you know, I... I mean, I honestly, with that company, I thought I would stay with them until I retired. I really had my mindset for that. That was my plan. And then all of a sudden, that's not happening. You're not retiring from that company. And so I really thought about what did I love about that job? You know, there was a certain corporate culture I love. I loved people I worked with. And there were people I did not like working with. So I laid all that out. I did a pro-con list. What did I love? What did I not love? If I'm working for pennies, what what is what is the least amount that I will take? What will I do? Is it I'm going to go to Starbucks and be a barista, and then I can leave worry and stress behind? And, you know, they're paying $18 an hour.
1: Right.
2: I like people. I like coffee. I think that's a good <laughs> Oh,
1: my gosh, Connie, your sense of humor has carried you, too. Let me just say that that captain obvious
2: (laughs) yeah so you yeah you evaluated Um, and then what and then I looked at it and I said you know if I'm working for peanuts I might as well work for myself And and I'm gonna just do events and I'm gonna help entrepreneurs I'm gonna help speakers I'm gonna help small businesses and that's what I started doing and right away I I started I joined eWomen Network. I was still figuring out what my business would look like, but I had really good support as far as, you know, watch this video. It's really interesting about how you need to build a funnel. You need to get your connections. You need to really do things in a in a very ethical and heartfelt way. Because once I started networking, I didn't like what I was seeing and I didn't like what was happening. and you know, with eWomen Network, I felt like these are my people. This is the way it should be done. And with that, my business has been able to grow. But then the other thing is I had to convince my husband, this is going to be OK. <laughs> we're not going to lose our house. And, you know, we're not going to have to eat ramen forever and ever. But we're going to have to cut back on a few things for a bit. Right. And then the pandemic hit. And what do you do with events?
1: You, yeah. are already, you are pretty you were already primed for pivoting because that's what all you've done. That's the only thing you've known. You haven't known smooth sailing. And I do think that is a lesson in and of itself. John Maxwell, one of my mentors, always says, nobody said it was going to be easy.
2: Yet we're all surprised when it isn't. Yes. And that's so true. And, and, you know, my husband's first response wasn't, oh, this is horrible. His response was, what's going to happen with events now? And I know it was that whole, you should have had a job. Because if you had a job, you'd be fine. You'd just have to work from home. And my response to him is, I'm going to figure it out. It's going to be fine. I'm going to figure it out. And I had a couple of really good clients who, when I said to them, I have done. I've been doing webinars and training in my previous corporate life. We can make your events not as great as live, but very much impactful. And you're going to give your attendees everything you promised them, except for maybe that hike or that, you know, sunrise meditation together. But we can still do sunrise meditation together. We're just going to do it virtually. So two of my clients said, let's do it. Others said, this is just going to be a few months we'll we'll get back together. So, I lost nearly all of my clients. The two who said, "Yes, let's do it." One, we reevaluated her offer. She had that same her responses to her event were very similar to what happened in Las Vegas. After her event, her new group of clients who bought bought her coaching program, they said, "I felt seen." I felt comforted, I felt taken care of, even though it was virtual and we couldn't all be together. And she sold 90% of her attendees into her coaching program. And this is at a time when people were scared, they didn't know if they were going to lose their jobs or their husbands, or she did it, you know, she was primarily for women entrepreneurs and mompreneurs, moms who really were at that edge of, leaving their, you know, if they had a corporate job, they were ready to go to that next step of building their own businesses. So they were on the edge of needing that coaching to know how to set up their businesses for success. They signed up and they coached with her. So she had 90% sales in the room, basically. That's unheard of. That never happens. And 30% is good. And that business owner wanted it to
1: happen, created it. And these are her results. And I acknowledge your vision that you were like okay we'll figure it out we will yeah. figure out how to do yoga together and I'll put a sunrise on the screen or everybody go outside and prop up your phone I mean we are only limited by our creativity and I just want to I want to make note audibly because many people won't be seeing this interview but Connie your flair and your style for creativity, the way you do your hair, the jewelry, the dress. I've been in a conference room with you and you were wearing like a leather pleated skirt or something that I was like, whoa, knocked up, right? knocked up against my, like, I just want to fit in kind of like my stuff. That's what, again, I love this about you. It is one of your superpowers. And if you're just listening today, please know that Connie is just exuding. You know, I say creativity. What words do you put on it? Because I feel like these are the things that have made you successful in pivoting and staying fresh and not being scared and not running and keep going with being risky in creating your own business.
2: Well, you know, I mean, said the term running I I I used to do marathons and half marathons and I never thought I would finish them but I remember one of my friends kept saying to me you know like Dory in you know Finding Nemo just keep swimming just keep swimming and she's saying just keep moving just keep moving and I'm like I can't run anymore she's like then walk just keep walking just keep and so it is that whole thing of you know, forward momentum is progress if you know where you're going. And, and that really is a lot of it. Just knowing that when I was in corporate, there would be people that would say things like, I can't do that. That's just a horror. And I'm just thinking, these other people are doing it. They're the brain surgeons. Why can't you do it? You can do it. Yeah. And it is that whole thing of, if they can do it, I can do it. I'm every bit as smart as them. Or, Maybe they have a skill that I don't have, but it doesn't mean that I can't do great things too. And I think that's what's always carried me through as well. When people have that defeatist, you know, oh, everything's horrible. Oh, I just, it's like, you know, it's not, but it's what you make it. And and I think that's really where I come from. I mean, my parents always would say, you know, I don't want to hear you bitch and moan.
1: (laughs) Right, right. Let's you go. know,
2: As every parent should say to a teenager. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I love and that. that
2: whole thing of, I don't want to hear you bitch and moan. It's like, well, if nobody wants to hear me, then what do I do? I guess I go do something. Yeah. And, and it really has been more of that. Just keep going. Just, you know, you can stop, but. And so oh even, even a pandemic didn't stop
1: you, even losing your job, even, you know, all the Las Vegas, uh, tumultuousness, you just kept reinventing yourself and reinventing the conference and reinventing Mm -hmm. the idea. You kept staying fresh and creative. And I would love to time goes so fast. I can't believe it. But I want to give you kind of the final word either on you know wrapping up your story of like where you are now and just also I guess so two things where you are now and what words of wisdom do you have for people who aren't as quick to pivot? It, I would just, you know, besides quit bitching and moaning, that's pretty good advice too, but yeah, I'll turn it over to you. No, thank
2: you. Thank you. So what I'm doing now is, of course, I'm always watching for, is there another disaster on our rights? I'm wanting a disaster, but I'm thinking, They're unexpected. So, what is this going to do to my business? And what is going to happen? Because my business has been growing since the pandemic. Because I had those great clients, I was able to get a good reputation for helping people with their virtual events. Now that we're back to live events, I'm getting more clients because they're going back to live events. The clients I had at the beginning of the pandemic are not the clients I have now. The ones I reached out to, I don't know what their businesses are doing, but they're not doing events still. And, you know, we're, out Well, pretty much out of the pandemic, but there's residual. And I don't think that they're, they were prepared for residual. I, I really think everybody has wanted to go back to normal and there's never going to be a normal. I mean, there wasn't a normal before, but now right. there's even less. Right. And And so I think about what is changing and am I going to, you know, just stop and panic or am I going to sit there and think, okay, just what is one next step? And, and I think that's really for anybody, just take one more step. Just, you don't have to change the world, but keep yourself upright. Don't, and I'm not going to say every day is, you know, unicorns and rainbows there. I've had many depressing days. I've had days where it's just like, I don't even want to get up today because this is hard. Like John Maxwell said, nobody said it was going to be easy. And I would say this is hard. I need to figure out streams of revenue. I have I have to be the one to do this in order to promise my husband and keep my promise that we're not going to lose our house. There's a different it's different. It's just not like I'm going to go clock in and somebody's responsible to give me that money. But then the reward is I get to work with the people I love. I didn't get to do that in corporate. I loved some of my coworkers. I didn't love all of my coworkers. <laughs> Yeah. I could say very easily. I love my clients. I love the people that I work with in my circle. And I don't work with people I don't want to have that relationship with. So that's the joy of being your own entrepreneur, honestly. And if people say, "Oh, I couldn't do that," you're doing it wrong. And I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying you might be early in your journey. The sooner you figure out how to feel yourself, then you are going to love what you're doing and you are going to love your clients. But I heard one time, somebody said, if pick a, if you take a client on just for the money, it's $20 the hard way. I was like, man, that's yeah. so true. Yeah. But if you take on the right client, you give the, I mean, I think about things I've done for my clients. I'm like, I should be charging for this, but in return, they rehire me for their events the next year. They refer me to their friends and it is that piece of I know we are aligned and we're going to create together. We're going to make magic. Their events are going to be you know showstoppers. And and that's really I want everybody to be wildly successful in in anything they do. I don't want them to give up, and I just want them to you know take one more step and be wildly successful. I love
1: that. That is the perfect place to end. Take one more step. What's the next step? And thank you for sharing your pain to your superpower. And even when you don't mean to be inspiring, you are, because I'm still thinking about the leather pleated skirt. (laughs) Thanks, (laughs) Thanks everybody for listening and have a
0: beautiful day. So grateful you tuned in to another episode of Pain to Power podcast each month i'm committed to bringing you juicy raw real life stories and shine a light on the women whose lives are often very messy and yet they dropped being a victim to their life circumstances and stood in victory in their thoughts and emotions i love to inspire and motivate women to love their life if you want to receive more inspiration come play in my private facebook group called best life tribe for inspiration on the daily or join my email list for connections strategies and tips join at bethmottpass.com i am a certified coach trainer and speaker i lead inspiring private and small group workshops resulting in authentic coaching in a vibrant community i host personal and group retreats as well as virtual gatherings designed to ignite your life and get you back to loving your life. Let's get social. Connect with me on Facebook at Bethmont Pass Coach or Instagram at Bethmont Pass or on LinkedIn at Bethmont Pass.